McAllister had no illusions about why Rudy Miller had kept him on for so long. It was because he was good at rousting the squatters. After all, he'd been doing it ever since the old man had hired him, a green kid from Arkansas, for two dollars a month and board. But bigger challenges than they'd ever faced before lay ahead. If the newcomers pouring into New Mexico weren't driven out soon, there would be so many of them they'd stay and breed and stick. In time, even the cattlemen's tool, the Territorial Assembly, would be powerless to root them out. Then the big outfit's days would be numbered. If McAllister and the others like him couldn't drive them off the land one way or the other, then their own days would be numbered too. The boss had made that clear even as they'd gobbled oysters and sipped the red claret that had come all the way from France. Yes, Raleigh Thomas had best hold the thought. Keep the anger in check, but seething just below the surface. For the proper time. For the time when they would go to the woman's place again. Rudy Miller sat down in a rocking chair a few feet away. He was a smallish man with a red complexion and a soft, small mouth. Only the steel blue of the eyes and the strength in his hands displayed his true character. "'Lovely evening, Mr. McAllister. Best ever a man could want.' "'That it is, sir. God has been good to me this summer. I trust he's given us a bounty of fat calves.' "'Yes, sir.' Out on the lawn, Josiah had swung into a high-pitched and high-spirited rendition of Dixie, and the boys were marching around the tables in step to the music. None of the boys had been in the war, of course. Only a few, in fact, had even been born before Appomattox Courthouse, McAllister thought with a jolt. But they were southern men of southern stock, and the gentle reminders of the old glory, now but a faded, gilt-edged fable of a distant past, always cheered their hearts. The late afternoon sun cast a reddish glow on them all, and McAllister knew that the boss was right. It was a lovely evening. "'Indeed, God has been good to us here,' Rudy Miller said, punctuating it with a self-satisfied belch. "'Now it's up to us to husband what he's given us.' McAllister nodded in agreement and looked again toward the boys on the lawn. His thoughts drifted away from them quickly and came back to the woman on the little place up near the Canadian, the little woman who had driven them off twice now. They hadn't known her husband was dead the first time, and the second time she'd gotten some powerful help from a stranger. What, McAllister wondered, would a third visit bring? He felt sure deep in his bones that Raleigh would need all that pent-up fury. She was a force to be reckoned with. McAllister realized he respected her, even if she was a squatter intent on gobbling up the range that belonged by the right of first claim to the Millers and Chisholms and the rest. So many of the other squatters had scared easily, especially in the early days when they were few. They'd turned white and quaking at the threats and hadn't fought back. Usually all it took was throwing a rope around one of the men and dragging him through a patch of prickly pear. If more persuading was needed, setting fire to an outbuilding would do. But not with her. She had been ready for them the first time they'd come, driving them off with a shotgun. And now she'd gotten help from somewhere. 
she had pluck enough to stand up to any man. That was why McAllister admired her, and that was why he knew that, in the end, they would have to kill her.